It took a lot of years to get where you are today. You are not going to unwind this overnight. And if you hand it over to a lawyer and end up in court all the time over every little thing, then divorce will take over your life. And we don't want that. Divorce is where you're at. It's not who you are. We don't want you to become your divorce. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Husband Law Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. And before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that I am having a live event, in-person event here in Boise, Idaho, and I would love to have you join me. It is August 24th. It's happening from 9 until 2.30, and we will workshop all day. We will be in community with each other, with other women who are going through something similar in their relationship. If you are experiencing any sort of crisis in your relationship, whether it is betrayal or having a partner come out, or if there's just something off that does not feel right to you, then please, please, please join us at this amazing event. If you've ever wanted to come to my retreats, but it is out of your budget, this is such a great option for you. Again, it's happening August 24th. You can find all of the details in the show notes, click the link and head over and get your ticket now. Also, I wanted to let you know that you will be offered a chance to come to a VIP brunch with me after you have registered for that. I have just a few seats for that available. It'll be very intimate. It's going to be amazing. We will do like hot seats where you get one-on-one coaching in person and it's going to be so fun and remarkable. I really hope that you will join me there. I hope to meet a few of you in person, be able to give you a hug and show you some love and support. Now, for today's podcast, we have Erin Levine from Hello Divorce. She founded Hello Divorce and she's going to tell you all about where to go, how to start the divorce process if you are thinking about getting a divorce. Erin has such a cool program because she was a lawyer and she saw where the needs were in the legal system for people going through divorce to be able to have an amicable, affordable divorce. And that is what she provides. I love the work that she is doing. She has so many things to offer you. So be sure to check the show notes for all the links and things that she has for you there. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Erin, I am so excited to have you here today. We have gone back and forth like online and chatted via Zoom once, (laughs) but it's always Mm -hmm. fun to be able to get into conversation with somebody, especially when I like, I know you have things that are going to help and serve my audience and I get to connect them to you. And that is so exciting to me. So thank you for being here and thank you for the work that you do. Oh, absolutely. It's wonderful to be here with you. And how can I not feel just like an element of like hope and calm with you and your presence and your amazing background. It's wonderful. And I know I'm not the only one. I think I'm speaking for a lot of the people that are are watching and listening today. So it's awesome. That feels like the best compliment ever of hope and calm. <laughs> Feeling hope and calm with me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel so good. I want that for people. So what a gift. Thank you. Okay, Erin, before we dive into all of the things, I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience. 
who you are and how you came to do what you do and what you are currently doing. So let's dive on in. Sure. Okay. So I've been a lawyer for 17 years. Don't hold it against me. (laughs) I actually became interested in the law when I was a kid. As a teenager, I was a witness Mm -hmm. in a lawsuit against my gymnastics coach, actually, who was quite abusive. And that got me interested in the law. I went into family law, specifically divorce, because I liked the idea of helping good people through a really hard time in their life. There would be some finality. I also, at the time, was trained as a lawyer to provide value by winning in court. And so I thought that's what it meant to be a good lawyer. And I knew as a family law attorney, I'd have lots of opportunity to get in front of a judge. And the years passed by and I grew a firm. At one point, my law firm had 12, 13 lawyers. And from a business perspective, things were going really well until I had my second child when I had this complete breakdown crisis of conscience Mm. um, around a few different things. One is I started to look around a little bit more and get a better sense for the fact that 75% of people couldn't afford the average divorce lawyer price tag of fifteen dollars to $20,000 per person. The second was that I worried that as lawyers, we did a really good job focusing on the law. But as you know, Jessica, a lot of this I've learned from you is that law is Divorce is so much more than a piece of paper. It is an entire life transformation. And I worried that there wasn't really one single source of truth, especially geared towards women. And women tend to get the short end of the stick when it comes to divorce. Like, unfortunately, that's the way it's been. The system was designed at a time when divorce was immoral at best. And criminal at worst. And Mm -hmm. it hasn't changed much since then. So that was the second piece. And then the third piece was around the fact that people were fighting and that every win I had in divorce court felt like a complete loss to the family. Mm. And now we kind of know that, right? It's like within our culture now to understand that a really messy, tension-filled conflict divorce is not good for us. But like that's actually fairly new. Yeah. And so my goal was to, first of all, step away from litigation. And I had this hypothesis that if we provide people with the resource they needed to empower themselves and help resolve the internal shame and overwhelm and misery and, and fear that we could actually help people to resolve their issues outside of court. And we could do it in a way where the end result would be even better. And that led me to found Hello Divorce, which fortunately is in fact working. And we are live in 12 states and launching a new one every couple of weeks. So really exciting time for the company and where we're headed to help everyone, but especially women navigate divorce, all things legal, and of course, everything else that comes up as you're transitioning to that next chapter. So cool. And I just love that you had this epiphany and shifted 
like you followed the call and now you are blessing so many lives because I know you and I have a similar mission of yes. if you are going through a divorce, how can you do this in a way that actually serves you instead of just creates more trauma and creates trauma and drama, like all of the things that we really don't want as we go through a divorce, but we think are part yeah. of the divorce process. We think it's a guaranteed. This has that, to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we do share that mission. Divorce should always lead to a better life ahead. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a grueling experience, that there won't yes. be conflict, that it's not going to be hard. That's exactly why your audience is, is reaching out for um, support, which is courageous in and of itself because so yes. much of divorce mm-hmm. is done alone and isolated versus every other big life event like death. We do funerals and marriage, yeah. we do weddings and kids, we do showers. Um, and so I love that they have this community and, and um, I'm here to support it any way I can. So awesome. Okay. So today we are going to talk about how, like, how somebody goes about getting divorced. Like what are the first steps that are most important and that they need to focus on? Because it really is an overwhelming process and we think it has to cost 15 to $20,000 or more. And so it's so scary because again, most of us don't have that money and none of us plan on getting divorced. So we have no idea where to go. Like, what does this even look like? What do I do? So tell us like the first couple steps. Um, well, and let's start with step one of what you recommend. Okay. So we have to be really thoughtful about the direction that we take our divorce, not just because of the legal fees, but also the result that we get if we have to have lawyers sort of battle it out in court. Mm. And what I mean by that are there are some amazing lawyers. So this is not a bash on lawyers. In fact, Mm -mm. we include lawyers in our process to the extent that people need and want them. But you really, there's this like lack of creativity When you throw something in front of a judge, let me give you an example. If there's a house and you and your spouse can't agree on how the equity in your house will be divided, a judge in almost every state will order that the home be sold and the proceeds split. Well, that might not be what's best for you, might not be what's best for your family. And when you take a different approach, even with a high conflict spouse, you might be able to come up with a solution that works for both of you. So that's my big pitch on why we need to think about being very deliberate in how we approach divorce. So the first thing I always advise people is take a look at whether or not there is an emergency. And Mm. I mean like real emergencies because your spouse might be telling you, I'm going to take the kids or I'm going to take you for everything you have, but you know your spouse. And you know how they react when they're in crisis or when they're angry. And you are probably one of the only people in the world, if not the only person who knows like how true that really is, right? And so I want you to think about, is there emergency? And by emergency, I mean like your primarily your physical and your financial safety. Are you worried that you are going to be abused? Are you worried for the safety of your children, that your spouse might take your kids and not return? Are you worried that you've been cut off completely from finances and you can't make your daily needs? If that is the case, if any of those things are happening, then you have an urgent issue and that's when you want to think about hiring a lawyer. And I kind of feel like it's another topic, which if we have time, we'll get to. If not, it could be another day around how do you find the right lawyer to then Mm. help you with those things. 
But the vast majority of people that I meet, there isn't that emergency in the moment. There are things that need to get resolved. And there's a lot of anxiety around how it will happen, but nothing is going to happen overnight. And so we can think through what our strategy is and how you approach your divorce truly sets the tone for how it will go. So the first step I would say is trying to set some ground rules with your spouse. So that can be as simple as aligning via text, in person, with a pastor, with, you know, a neutral third party, but like on basic things, like, are we going to, you know, hire the most aggressive lawyers in town? Is it our goal to stay out of court? Is it our goal to keep our kids shielded from our conflict to the extent possible and have a united front for parenting. So easier said than done, but one of two things generally happens at this point. Either you can come to some ground rules and then at least in the moment for the first time, you're building trust instead of further eroding it. And you can sort of take a sigh of release and move forward slowly Or if your spouse is like, I'm not having any conversation about this, you know, screw Mm -hmm. you, I'm going to get a lawyer. That also is really telling as well. So it gives you a good sense. Well, hey, I'm, I'm probably, I might need some, some representation here. I might need a really good advocate on my side. The second step is to think through what the divorce process looks like in your state. So in most states, even if you have you expect to get to a full agreement, you're going to file that first piece of paper on your own, not jointly. Now, there are exceptions. So in Colorado, you can file jointly. In California, there's an abbreviated divorce procedure called a summary dissolution where you file jointly. But usually one person is going to be filing the initial documents. And in every state, There's two big aspects to divorce. So there's the procedure, which is all the divorce forms that have to get prepared and filed and exchanged. And finances, in many cases, need to be formally exchanged. Sometimes they just need to be talked about. But all the like sort of written stuff that has to get done in order for the judge to ultimately sign off on your divorce. And then there's the substance, which is how you're going to resolve all divorce-related issues. So I think of the substance like child support, spousal support, property and debt division, and co-parenting slash child custody. So we want to think through how we're going to get through each of those aspects. Okay. In the past, we would just hire a divorce attorney to do it all. And if you have the money and you have found an attorney that you think can, we'll see, has a reputation of being a very skilled negotiator and getting you to an agreement, that's great. The vast majority of the people who use Hello Divorce end up doing all the procedural stuff on our platform to kind of save money and start moving their divorce forward and start understanding their finances a little bit more. But when they get to the substantive part, Mm. they like to bring in a financial advisor, a lawyer, or maybe a mediator to help broker a deal between you and your spouse. So I know that's a lot of information. Let me back up. 
once you start on the procedural stuff, you start to realize where there's holes in your knowledge, where you might need some extra help. Maybe it's you think you have a good idea about how property should be divided, but you need a gut check from a lawyer. Maybe it's I don't even know if I have all the finances in front of me. And even if I did, I'm not sure what a really fair, solid scenario would be. And in that case, we say, spend an hour with one of our financial advisors. Let's get you clear there. But I guess the point is, is that it's a step-by-step process. And I always say, start with, because you're already Googling, like, what documents do I need to pull together? And you know, what is this going to look like? But start with whatever is stressing you out most, whatever Mm. is keeping you up at night. If it's keeping you up at night around what child support might look like, then use a calculator. And if that calculator doesn't work or you're not sure about it, then maybe the first place to start is with an expert who can run different support scenarios. There's no right way to divorce but there's definitely a wrong way. And the wrong way Mm. is handing over your entire life and case and divorce to a professional, usually a lawyer and saying like, go out there and and do your best because that in no way, shape or form is going to set you up for the the type of lifestyle that you want going forward. Mm. Yeah. That was a lot. I, (laughs) I love it. Like it's such good information. And this is again, where people need to start. And it's cool to know start that initial process so you do see the holes because that in itself saves you money of knowing what questions you need to ask. This is the point Mm -hmm. where I don't know what we need. I need support on this thing. So you can like shorten the amount of time you're spending with a lawyer, a mediator, whoever, the financial advisor, so that you are navigating this in a way that doesn't feel so financially heavy. And I also love that you tell them to tackle the thing that scares them the most. Like that is so good because usually we get in our heads about that. We carry this one thing. And if we just tackle it, we realize it's probably not as big or scary as we're thinking. And we can have that done and out of the way. And then we can deal with all of the other things that come up. But more often than not, it's not as scary as we think. So <laughs> that's it's absolutely, still, yes, absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. Do you feel like yeah. that's the that's the case? It's like, okay, get this thing out of your brain. Let's deal with it. Have the support, ask the right people, and then you can be done with it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I really do believe that like if something's keeping you up at night, then like let's address it. Let's deal with it right now. Let's understand our best and worst case scenario. Let's think through a solution for how you can get your needs met and some of your wants and what you're willing to give up and what's like super important to you. In Mm. general, in all the states, what we are trying to do is divide one household into two as equally as possible. But that doesn't mean necessarily that we're like taking a you know pen and dividing things right down the middle. It might make more sense for us to take more of a 401k than for down the road than cash that's in the bank right now. I mean, Mm. it's probably a pretty rare scenario because most of us really need the cash in the moment. But there are like, just because the goal is to split things doesn't mean it has to be right down the middle. We can think about what makes the most sense for us. Yeah, 
And I think I, I talk to so many women who get hung up on, well, I have to have this one thing. And you just mentioned, mm. you know, be willing to compromise, but realize that the ultimate goal, like which you told us to do first, is kind of figure out what your goal is for navigating this. Remember that there's lots of ways to get there and that you, yeah. you lack a lot of knowledge in this process of how you can get there. I remember when I sat down with our attorney, because we just hired like a friend, uh, my friend's mm -hmm. dad, but I was like, this is what I want. And he was like, okay, this is not necessarily normal stuff to have in here. I'm like, okay, but this is what I want. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he figured mm -hmm. out a way to like get best of both worlds and be like, maybe drop this. Okay, fine. That's totally fine. But I think there's just being open to that of saying, you know, I do kind of know what I want, but also be open to the fact that some of it doesn't matter that we think matters. We get hung up on things and that's where the fights happen, I think is like. Well, yeah. And we also get, we get pressure, right? Like, we, yes. you know, I was just at this event and a lot of women were saying like, my mom or my sister just kept saying over and over again, well-intentioned, like, mm -hmm. don't let him or her screw you. Like, don't let that, like you deserve X. And this woman was telling me, listen, I like, I'm going to buy some peace. I understand that I probably could have gotten a little bit better of a result, but if it means that like we can move on without being at war constantly, like that is a value to me. That isn't being weak. That's being practical, but there isn't a lot of that type of support. And I yeah. think like, it's important to, to put out like also, and I also think like a lot of, a lot of people, especially people that are doing the growth work, because as you know, if you put in the work now, you set yourself up for such an awesome life, a better life than you ever have before, right? Like you're truly coming along 100%. alive. Yes. Okay. So you're doing the work now and you're realizing, oh crap, I need to set some boundaries here. And you start to think like, is that really possible? Like, can I set the set boundaries? Can I start to change and reshape the narrative of my relationship with my ex and still get to an ultimate agreement outside of court? And the answer is yes. I see it all the time. In fact, like all the, all the time. The, the key is showing up in kindness, like mm -hmm. showing up with empathy. And when you start setting those boundaries, you feel a thousand times better, which puts you in a much better place to be able to negotiate a deal anyhow. So yeah. that's one thing I would say. And the second is, again, like it took a lot of years to get where you are today. You are not going to unwind this overnight. And if you hand it over to a lawyer and end up in court all the time over every little thing, then divorce will take over your life. And we don't want that. Divorce is where you're at. It's not who you are. We don't want you to become your divorce. So many good nuggets there. And mm. one of the things that really sticks out is that the desire to have X isn't worth like whatever it is, isn't worth your peace. Like sometimes it's mm. just like, is this really worth fighting about right now? Like, sure, maybe I could have gotten a little bit more, but you're hundred percent right. It's not worth your peace of mind. And you've already got so much going on. Sometimes it's easier to walk away. Also, some things mm. that your ex is insisting on that they have to have, you give it to them or say, okay, like this custody agreement is going to look different than I'd planned or wanted. They don't show up. 
like they don't follow through on it. And that's not every case. Or you see them showing up and it's like, oh, this is a good thing. He can show up. They can be a good parent. And so it kind of creates that opportunity. I'm like, okay, maybe think about this a little bit more and also think about your kid. Your kid still needs this other parent, usually, you know, in cases where Mm -hmm. things are a healthy relationship between the parent and child, they need that. And so getting hung up on what you want and what you need and what you think your kids need sometimes is a disservice to your children. Yeah. I mean, you also need to be remind yourself that in, in most states, courts are going to give the other parent a shot. So even if they didn't show up, even if you carried all the mental load, even if you continue to carry all the mental load, even if all they do is like party with your kid and um, keep them up late and give them junk food, the court is still going to give them a chance. So you create as specific, but flexible, you know, of custody agreement as you can. And either they begin to show up in a real meaningful way for your kids. And I've seen it. I've really, I've seen it. Oh, me too. Or they don't, and they're just not present. And ultimately it falls back to a very similar scenario as you initially anticipated or wanted. And I always tell people like document stuff as you go through that. If Mm -hmm. they are consistently not showing up, document it, keep notes, and maybe someday it'll be a good fit to go in and change that and to prove, you know, they're not here anyways. And so I need this, but also sometimes it's just easier to, they're not showing up. Let's continue forward and embrace that. You got to decide what's right for you. Mm -hmm. But, but a lot of times I, I always see it, you know, it does go one of, one of those two ways. Most of the time of they step up and it's healthy and good. And you get a break that actually can feel healthy and good or, they just don't show up and you get what you initially thought you wanted anyway. So mm-hmm. it's hard to navigate yeah. and see in the moment, but it's like, you can do this <laughs> yes. and you've got support along the way and people who are showing you other ways and that are opening your mind up because we get so stuck in a box when it comes to divorce, I think of, and especially mm-hmm. from the outside voices of our moms yeah. and our sisters and our aunts, and our best friend and whoever it is or dads, whoever that's like, no, you deserve more. And it's like, I do deserve more. I deserve peace of mind, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think you deserve more than anything? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. interesting, Matt, my husband and I just recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago that reminds me of this is women are always saying, or the person in the relationship who's getting left behind is what it feels like, says this isn't fair. And they just get stuck on that. I'm like, it's never going to be fair. Yeah, it isn't. And you get to address that. But what's fair is you get to feel safe on the other side. Like we want to get you feeling to safety and peace. Like that's going to be where you're going to get. And that's going to feel so much better than things being fair because it's never going to be fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's never going to feel completely fair. That is no. definitely a theme that I see a lot of. There's one other thing I see a lot of, um, and I'm pretty passionate about this. So it might not directly fit into the conversation, but I think it's important. And that is, mm-hmm. I've told you this before too, is that in the thousands of divorces I've seen over the last several years, women tend to start negotiations by giving something up. Mm. So they start by saying, listen, I'm willing to let go of X if you give me Y. And that is really problematic on a couple couple reasons. One is, is that men tend to not do that. 
Men tend to be really clear about what their needs are. And so they're starting already from a position of power. And we're starting from a place of we're willing to give this up. We're willing to be the martyr. We're acting in good faith. And that good faith rarely gets reciprocated or honored. And now we're feeling resentful, even from the start. Mm-hmm. And so I urge you that if you don't feel like you can be the one to start off negotiations about something that's really important to you from a position of, of power or, you know, whether you can, I mean, we've been ingrained to be people pleasers our whole life. So if that's how you're feeling right now in the moment, then meet with a mediator for an hour or two. You don't even have to be in the same room as a mediator. The mediator can literally go back and forth between Zoom calls or rooms or phone calls to sort of broker this deal between you so that it's the mediator that's telling your ex they're being unreasonable, not you. And that becomes a lot more powerful and usually gets you to an agreement a lot more quick. So something to think about there. That is such a great point of starting the negotiation with saying, I can give something up, totally takes our power away. And in ourselves, and I do like, I'm just thinking about all the situations that I start a conversation of Mm -hmm. saying, of starting with that foot forward of, well, I can do this or I can leave this behind, but can you please whatever? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to check myself on this so many times moving forward now. I know we, in the divorce. Like, we can apply it to so many areas of our life. I do it too. I do it. I've done it in business. I've done it in relationship. I've done it with yes. my kids and it just leaves me feeling resentful and I never get the response I want. No one ever says to me, you are so amazingly generous. Thank you so much. <laughs> you yeah. know, that would be ideal. Um, but it's just, it's that's not life. And so let's start from like what we need. And, and in divorce, sometimes it is about showing our cards. It is sometimes. Yes. Because if we're not clear with what we need and we're transparent about those, then, you know, we're, we're playing a game for a very long time until we can actually get to like the meat of the, or the substance of the agreement. So yeah. Okay. We're going to lead, lead out boldly, ladies. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> start laying it out there and don't start with the beginning of giving things up. Like, yes, you are going to compromise yeah. along this way, but you also get to lay out what it is you want. And you also get to have the information that you need. And so here's where I see a lot of sort of divorces start to get messy is we get a statement in the retirement and you know maybe a retirement account where it's a lot lower than we thought it was mm. we know that we cashed out a cd or at some point the house the house was refinanced or something and that account should be so much bigger and so we say to our lawyers they're hiding money or we think they're trying to screw us. And then the lawyers start all sorts of stuff, right? Discovery and this and that, all sorts of legal procedures to find out whether or not there is any extra money. And what I see, a strategy that I see work really well is, and I know it's a little bit like swallowing your pride, but I've seen people say to their exes, look at like, I know all this makes sense to you. Like, like you have been so great at like handling the finances and checking on our accounts, but like, 
it's not clear to me. And I'm learning through this divorce about how finances work. So I'll be able to take care of me and the kids after our divorce. So here's what I need from you so I can better understand. And it might be the retirement statements for the last year. So you can see where that money went, if it was pulled out or not. But it's amazing how like it just like disarms people, especially men, when you come at it instead of from a place of like, you're hiding stuff, you're screwing me, you're triggering me. And instead sort of from a place of look at like, I need to understand. I I know I'm entitled to this stuff. I don't want to make a big deal. I don't want to include lawyers, but I would like access to these statements so I can understand our finances better. Mm, So powerful. It is so powerful when we can take it from a like attack, which sounds like exactly what you just said to ownership of this is why I need this information or take ownership of that. I'm unclear. I haven't been involved. I would love to to know more. (laughs) It's super powerful. And you Mm -hmm. get to live like you want to live. Most of us don't want to live in an environment where every day we're like having to nag or having to yell or having to push or having to accuse. I don't want to live like that. So here is how I'm going to walk through the world. I walk, I talk to my coworkers this way. I talk to my family this way. I'm going to do the same here. And either you show up, maybe begrudgingly, but do it, or you don't. But like, Mm -hmm. then it's on you, not me. And then also, if you do have to litigate, if it does make sense, then we get to go in front of the judge and we get to say, look at, I did everything I could just to get the information. Yeah. That's really all I wanted was information. I don't even mm-hmm. know if I'm entitled to more, Your Honor, but like I did my best and he or she wouldn't even give me that. Like, wh- who do you think a judge is going to side with in that case? Yep. Because yep. usually what judges are having to look through are these letters that go back and forth between the parties or texts or lawyers of accusing you doing that and why, you know, her doing that. But if a judge gets a stack of, of, of emails that just said, hey, look, at, I'm not asking for anything else in the moment other than these statements, and you repeatedly get stonewalled, mm-hmm. like, girl, you, you're in the lead here. Yeah. And I think, you know, we do view this as, but this puts me as weak or whatever type thing. And really, this is your strength. This is you. Yeah showing up in your strength of knowing who you are, that you aren't weak and that you can ask and put yourself out there, that you are going to do this because you know it's a positive way to go about this. And I have found, and this Mm -hmm. isn't like manipulation either. I think that sometimes, I mean, it could verge on it. You could use it to manipulate people, but Mm -hmm. I have found in my relationship with my ex-husband, Steve, that the more I approach him with love and support or saying it doesn't even have to be love and support, but like kindly of, Hey, I, this came up with Penny and I would love to understand like what happened here. Mm -hmm. No judgment, just uh, whatever. He always comes to me now before anything. He's like, Hey, this conversation happened or this happened. And it's, you know, uh, I want you to be aware. And I know more information about my daughter's life and when she is with her dad or whatever, just because I've come at it from a place of seeking to understand without judging him. And now we just tell each other basically everything in our kid's life. And it's easier for both of us to navigate that. There's no judgment. There's Mm. no whatever. So it it benefited me in ways beyond what I'd ever planned. 
it set that mm. foundation to be able to have all the information or to be able to communicate about things or whatever in a way that almost feels now like, did I do this for my kid? Or was I like, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, no, this was purely so that we could have a good conversation and a good relationship yeah. with Penny. There was no, nothing beyond that, but I got so much more and it's blessed all of our lives. So I think when you can own it from your perspective and come at it in a humble way, it changes everything. It changes everything. And it's just like a much nicer way to live. Like we are going to have moments where we just lose our shit. Like that's going to happen. But think about who, who do I want to be around right now? Who is going to best support me through this time? And it might not Mm. be the same people that you ordinarily hang out with. And that's okay too. Also so important to have some good books, like those books that you can just kind of turn to. And no matter what it is, like there's a quote that's meaningful that can you connect with. I, you know, of course, um, I love the healed empath. That one's mm. a really good one. Lala Delia, you know, Alex L, like all of those, Cleo Wade, all of those are going to, you know, really just like you'll connect with and, you know, gosh, take that support wherever you can. Yeah. Okay, Erin. Thank you for this conversation Mm -hmm. and for giving people feelings like steps forward so they can feel empowered. Like that's really our goal is to be able to give you that empowerment as you go through this process. And the idea that you can have the divorce you want, even if it doesn't look the way you thought it would, it will still, you can still have the feelings of peace and clarity that you want moving forward and feeling empowered. And I love you have for our listeners here, a free divorce 101 planning guide. Tell us just a little bit about that and where people can find it. Yeah. So um, you'll have a link below or like in your show Mm -hmm. notes, right? In the show notes. Um, A a link to the divorce 101 planning guide, which will walk you through all the stuff that we talked about today, the documents you want to start gathering, the different approaches that you can take to divorce and some great resources right in that packet. So you can download it and just kind of take your time moving through it, even some, you know, like a co-parenting worksheet, that kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, we always offer a free 15-minute call at Hello Divorce, which um, for a lot of people, it's their first time saying divorce out loud. Mm. But we will, you know, walk you through some of the the things that are stressing you out most and see if we have a good option to help you. And if not, that's okay. We have some great partners and resources to kind of send you on your way. But I encourage everyone to uh, think about that, taking us up on that call as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes just talking through it and getting the words out makes it feel less overwhelming, even like just mm-hmm. saying, this is where I'm at. Tell me where to start. So yeah, so like awesome. have no, no agenda. Just like yeah. bring us your stress, bring us what feels like your mess and like, let us take some of that on too. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're here for. You're here for, I'm here for. So you don't have to have an agenda, but just if you need to like sort of talk through your stuff, that's what we're here for. So awesome. Thank you for providing those resources. Thank you for the work that you do for seeing this need uh, and filling that gap. I mean, you, you. you gave up some things and I'm sure you have gained other things in this process. And it's such a gift to so many individuals and so many families. 
blessing their lives. Mm-hmm. And so Thank many you. The children. And I mean, it just trickles down. So I love yeah. this work that you're doing. We will continue to be sending people your way for years to come because we know the power of getting through a divorce in a healthy manner. And it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you are getting a lot out of the summer series. It was specifically curated with the women in my coaching group in mind. And I thought, you know what? I'm sure there are other people who need to hear these interviews. And Erin is so amazing and is doing such amazing work. If you are wanting to have an amicable divorce, if you are wanting to do it in an affordable way and you live in one of the states that she is currently serving, please, please, please reach out to her. And also there are other resources similar to this if you are not in one of the states that Aaron serves. Find the resources available. There are ways to get an affordable, amicable divorce. You can do this, my friend, if that is the right path for you. As a reminder, you can head to the show notes for all of the freebies that Aaron has to offer to connect with her on social media. It is all there for you. And if you are wanting to sign up for my event coming up, the link for that is there as well. I hope you're having an amazing day, an amazing week, sending you so much love and support as you're going through this crazy journey we call life.